Praise the Lord. Father, we just come to you this morning boldly to the throne of grace, thanking you and praising for your goodness, for your mercy, for your loving kindness, which endures forever. Father, we lift up this great nation in which we live. Lord, we pray the perfect will of God. We pray thy will be done in the USA. We thank you, Lord, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, that you are the beginning and the end. Lord, we pray during this time of praying the vision. We pray for your vision, your plan to be accomplished in the United States. We declare in the name of Jesus that it is harvest time. Lord, we declare that people shall come in to the kingdom of God from the north and the south, the east and the west, and everywhere in between. Father, we just pray for peace in our land so that the gospel, the good news, may continue to go forward from this great nation that your hand is upon. And Lord, we pray for changes for this country and for this nation, changes for the better, changes for the cause of Christ, and changes for morality, changes for dignity, and changes for, that will give glory to you, Father. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Well, are you ready to get into the Word? Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 21, Matthew chapter 21, and we're talking about pray for a change. If there's something that needs to change in your life, pray. Or if you have not been praying, pray. Pray for a change. I'm going to work on a little document this week that we're going to hand you, which is an in-depth prayer for the nation that you can pray daily. It's also scriptures concerning our nation on the back side of it. And then I'm going to take some prayers from the book of Ephesians, the book of Philippians, 1 Thessalonians, the book of Colossians, and other scriptures. And we are going to have those personalized so that you can pray those prayers for yourself. Also, that you can make supplication for other people. How many of you know that prayer is extremely important and prayer is needed for each and every one of us? You can pray for yourself. You can pray for your family. You can pray for your business. You can pray for your church. You can pray for a change. You can pray the prayer of faith. You can pray the prayer of worship with uplifted hands. You can pray on bended knee, the prayer of consecration and dedication, where you say, Lord, not my will in this life be done, but may your perfect will be accomplished in my life. You can pray the prayer of casting all of your cares over on the Lord. You and I have the privilege of praying the mighty prayer of agreement. You and I can pray for a change. Amen. I'm glad you're excited about that today. You see, the potency of prayer has subdued the strength of fire. It has bridled the rage of lions. It has expelled demons. It has broken the chains of death. It has assuaged diseases. It has stopped the sun in its course. It has arrested the progress of the thunderbolt. There is prayer. There is prayer that is available that will touch heaven. A prayer of faith will change your life. John of Antioch said this, he said, Prayer is the root, the fountain, and the mother of a thousand of blessings. 
Sir Isaac Newton said, all my discoveries have been made in prayer. Did you know that you can discover great and mighty things that the Lord will show you and reveal to you and unveil to you if you will just call upon him? Let's just call upon the Lord right now. Come on, say this with me. Lord, we call upon your holy name. We call upon the name above every name. We expect answers as we pray in Jesus' name. George Muller said, I live in the spirit of prayer. See, there's prayer, but then there's the spirit of prayer. There's faith, but then there's the spirit of faith. And I believe that the spirit of prayer is taking root and catching hold, and the fire of God is burning strong in this church. Muller said, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about, when I lie down and when I rise up. And he said this, and the answers are always coming. So don't you get under condemnation if you are not one of the most ardent prayer warriors in the land. It's not about you being something on a stick. It's about you just having communion with the Lord and recognizing and realizing that even in the natural realm, you might have some weaknesses. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, He will change you into another man and you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's like Elijah. He was simply a man. One day he was out, glory to God, calling down fire from heaven. Another day he was running for his life from Jezebel. Amen. He ended up in a cave in a dark place. But how many of you know that God shows up in the dark places of your life? Amen. And so we see and we understand that the spirit of prayer will change things. Amen. And I said last week, we do not want to be simply commentators. We do not want to be critical commentators. You and I must be all in, volunteers in the day of his power. Amen. And we must not just be commentators, but we must be prayers. Amen. So look in Matthew chapter 21. And notice with me in verse 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And in verse 13 he said, it is, it is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. But he said, You have made it a den of thieves. Notice with me, my house shall be called a house of prayer for what? For all nations. Verse 14. But you have made it a den of thieves. And so this house that you and I live in, this place is a house of prayer. For you and I are the temples of the Holy Ghost. You see, the house in which he has taken up residency in, ought to be a house of prayer. Your temple should be a house of communion with God. This place ought to be a house of prayer. Can somebody say amen? Yes. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, make me a house of prayer. I believe that right now there is an unction, a strong unction on the body of Christ to pray. We just came out of some meetings down there in Tulsa, Oklahoma.
It was not a meeting where we were vacating. It was meetings from the morning. It was meetings at night. And it was all sorts of wonderful things happening. But the main emphasis was prayer for our nation. Prayer for our nation. And I believe that there's an unction on the body of Christ worldwide to pray. Now, why is that, Pastor Mark? Well, I believe one of the reasons is this. Something greater is about to show up and invade our lives. Something greater is about to invade our church, our world. It is beyond what we know. I'm telling you, there is a bright cloud of God's presence on the horizon of time. And it's getting closer and closer and closer. But some things will never be accomplished in our lives individually or as a church corporately unless we can pray unitedly. And one of the things that we need to really be praying about is we need to be praying about laborers. That God would send forth laborers into his harvest. Man, when I tell you, when you look at the world and all the needs that are out there in the world, I don't believe that we have barely scratched the surface on the amount of laborers that are needed to proclaim this good news. I don't believe that we have scratched the surface here in this church. This church ought to be full five and six times every Sunday. I believe that God is calling people out of the pew into being laborers for the glory of God. He's calling them out of complacency into being volunteers in the day of His power. If Christians would get together and pray with one accord, here's what would happen. We would shake the world for Jesus. We would shake the Bay Area for Jesus. Now the question is, why is praying so difficult for so many people? Well, number one, because of a lack of knowledge. A lack of a systematic system, if you would, of teaching especially younger Christians how to pray, what to pray, and defining prayer. You know, when I grew up, it was Hail Mary and Our Father. That's all I knew. I knew it by rote. I knew every time I went into the confessional, I was going to get probably the whole rosary. (laughs) And so prayer was a drudgery for me. Prayer was burdensome. Prayer was never intended by him to be burdensome. Prayer is user-friendly. But you see, people just don't know that. I had no clue about the power of prayer until I got to be about 24 or 25 years old. And you may be in that place today. Just stick around and follow the plan of God that he has for your life. Listen to the teaching and just keep coming. And I believe the spirit of prayer will grab hold of you. And you don't have to pray hours and hours and hours on end. Like I said a week ago, I tried to pray for a full hour one time. I looked at my watch, and it was about two minutes and 30 seconds. (laughs) You know, that kind of discourages you a little bit. And so we understand and we realize that a lack of knowledge is one of the main reasons why people don't pray. And secondly, and I think this is predominant in most of our lives, and that is this. How many of you know that the flesh is an unwilling participant? Have you ever noticed the resistance of the flesh when it comes to prayer? Well, you're not alone. 
So look at Matthew chapter 26, if you would, and we're going to look at verses 36 through 46. Here Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. In verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them to a place called Gethsemane, and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be very sorrowful and heavy. Then he said to them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry you here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and found them asleep and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray. Everyone say, watch and pray. (coughs) That you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? The flesh is weak. He went again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said, Sleep on now, boys. Take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And so the picture is this is Jesus is preparing to take your place and my place. He is in absolute agony. He knows he's going to drink the cup of sin for all mankind. He knows that he's going to become the sacrificial lamb. He understands that he's about to absorb, listen to this, the wrath of God. He knew and recognized that this was God's plan. This was the countdown to the cross and redemption. He is in anguish. He is in distress. He is in sorrow. He's crushed with grief. He was so crushed with grief that the Bible says in another uh, gospel that sweat fell like blood pouring to the ground. The Garden of Gethsemane is the place of the olive press. And when you press olives, what comes out? olive oil. Jesus was under the pressure and out from his very being, he was squeezed so much that sweat like blood pouring to the ground. And the challenge is this. This was an extremely pivotal point for him. This was the greatest spiritual contest. This was the greatest spiritual combat that he would face. And what did Jesus do in his hour of anguish and in his hour of grief? Jesus did what we must do. Jesus watched and Jesus prayed. He acted with full dignity and he stayed with the plan of God. Now listen, folks. The difference is this. Is Jesus prayed, but the disciples did what? Like some of you are doing right now. Now, I'm not talking about 
naturally, but spiritually. Spiritually, some of you are asleep. And I believe that God is calling us to wake up. I believe that God is calling America to wake up. I believe that he's calling us to awake to righteousness and put away sin. He said, if my people, hallelujah, are we his people? And so shake off slumber. The day is at hand. Amen. And so we need to understand that the difference was, is he prayed. And he said again, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want you to pull up this message translation. I want you to read it. In Matthew 26 and verse 41, ready, read. Let's go ahead. Stay alert. Come on, give it a little bit, give it a little bit more. Come on, guys. There is a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God, but there is another part that's as lazy as an old dog. Don't be that old dog. You're a new creation. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't let life pass you by sleeping. Keith Moore said to me many, many, many years ago, as we were fellowshipping one night, I was down there in Oklahoma visiting him and doing some other things. And he said, you know, Mark, most people are asleep. Most people are asleep. And I thought, most people are asleep. And what he meant by that is, yes, they're really asleep going through life and just going through the motions. You don't want to be that person. Do you? You don't want to be that lazy dog sleeping by the fire. You want to be about your father's business. You want to be able to take these prayers and be able to pray them with fervency. Because it is the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man that makes dynamic power available. And the work of God is strong in people who will pray. Everyone say, I will watch and I will pray. It is true. The days that we live in demand that we watch and pray. You do not want to get on BART not prayed up. You do not want to get on 880 not prayed up. The other morning in Oklahoma, I woke up early, and there's a country breakfast plate called Savoy, S-A-V-O-Y. If you're ever there, you've got to go. And they don't just give you a slice of ham. They give you a block of ham, a slab of ham, and it's country ham. And I had that, and I had biscuits and gravy, and I know you're getting hungry. But on the way there, the devil tried to kill me twice. Trying to keep me from having a good breakfast. I mean, I tell you, we've got our set of drivers out here in California that we have challenges with. But down there, I just don't know what it is, soccer moms or whatever, but people are in a hurry. I could just about turned into a couple times. You do not want to live your life prayerless. Now, the reason why is this. The enemy walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He takes advantage of Christians that don't know nothing. 
He takes advantage of Christians that are lazy in their flesh. He does. He is a thief. And he comes to steal. And he comes to kill. And he comes to destroy. I'm just saying, folks. I'm not glorifying that rat. He's a defeated foe, and he's under our feet. But I'm telling you what, we must enforce his defeat every day of our lives. We don't have time to get up and mumble and grumble and complain that the sun's not shining. Are you stinking kidding me? We don't have time to think about how poor we are and all the things that happened to us in the past and waste years and years and years nursing our wounds? Don't misunderstand me. I know that there's a time of restoration. I know that there's a time of healing. But right on the other hand, there's a time to rejoice. There's a time to be healed. There's a time to rise. There's a time to build. There's a time to shake yourself. There's a time to be honest with yourself. And say, I'm not where I need to be, but bless God, from today on, I'm heading in that direction. Come on, somebody. As long as I have breath in me, as long as I'm the senior pastor of this church, I will exhort, I will correct, I will rebuke, I will encourage, I will edify, I will comfort, and I will do my level best to get you folks stirred up. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, stay awake. I've earned the right to speak like this to you. I'm not just a Johnny come lately. This is not my first year of pastoring. This is my 40th year in full-time ministry and my 34th year of full-time ministry in this church. I'm not, I'm not here to glorify me. But I am not a rookie. I'm a veteran in the kingdom of God for the glory of God. And I'm going to do my level best, praise God, to get you folks stirred up. So stay awake. By the way, we're going to be having a coffee service to help you real soon. That's going to start on Vision Sunday. Man, you're going to have all sorts of good coffee. And you're going to be blessed. But watch and pray. Because watching and praying over your little ones makes a difference. Watch and pray over your relationship. Watch and pray over your marriage. Watch and pray. Everyone say, watch and pray. So what makes a difference? What makes you and I strong and prepared to face temptation. Does temptation come? You better believe it comes. You see, he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. I think there's a principle there. The more watchful we are and the more prayed up we are, when temptation knocks on the door of our life, we won't enter into it. But if we're not prayed up and we're not watched up, it will be very easy to yield to temptation. So what makes you strong? What makes you 
able to face temptation. I'm telling you, the prayer connects you with God and His resources. He is the answer. He will bridge the gap. He will fill the space between your willingness and your weakness. And so here's the goal. Heart of the Bay, watch and pray. Pray with energy. Pray with vigilance. Pray centered, intense, and fervent prayers. Pray with alertness. Pray with focus. Pray with skill. And pray with concentration. Now this statement was worth you coming today. Listen to this very carefully. If you watch without praying, you're going to worry. If you watch and see what's coming upon the here and what's happening over there, if you simply watch and you don't pray, it can stress you out. Is that right? But if you pray without watching, it's pointless and powerless. And so God is saying to us today, watch and pray. Let me give you four S's of prayer in closing this message today. Number one, prayer must be done with simplicity. Keep your prayers simple. Don't make them too burdensome or complex. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, let's look over there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. He said, and when you pray, not if you pray... Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. How many of you know He knows? He sees. He's all-powerful and He's full of goodness. Ecclesiastes says this, Therefore, let your words be few, for the dream comes through much effort and the voice of a fool through many words. So when you pray, be yourself. Just live a life of prayer. The second S is pray strong, intense, and fervent prayers. Look with me at James chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 16 in the Amplified Version. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Confess to one another, therefore, your false slips, false steps, offenses, sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to spiritual tone of mind and heart. Read that last phrase with me. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, and it is dynamic in its working. Notice with me the phrase earnest, heartfelt, is used in conjunction with fervent prayer. The word earnest there means a deep desire. It means a longing. It means an intense craving. And so here's what your father does. He places his desires in your heart. And when we learn to cultivate those desires, then they begin to flow through us with great unction and with great power. My spiritual father, Brother Hagin, said this. He said, concerning the last day revival, how many of you know we all need a revival? Amen? 
Not just in the church, but I need a personal revival every day of my life. Revive. Listen to this statement. He said, concerning the last day revival, he said it will be fueled by prayer, fired by the Spirit, and ignited with the glory of God. And then the next S is be specific with your prayers. As I said last week, Specific spe- specifics give faith and prayer a target. For every problem, there is a promise. Hallelujah. And then I want to close with this one. The last S is this. Sing praise and give thanks because prayer and praise, they go together. Can somebody just lift up their hands and just start thanking them? One of the easiest ways to keep your mind on him all day long is to give thanks and to give praise to him. Hallelujah. Give thanks a lot. Thank you, Lord. Give thanks in the beginning of your prayer. What would that look like? Well, let me just illustrate to you. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that you are my good, good Father. I give thanks to you, my Father, that you have qualified me to be a partaker of the inheritance that you have so freely provided for me. My Father, I thank you that you've delivered me from the power of darkness and you've translated me into the kingdom of your dear Son. Now, Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus concerning my physical body. And I'm thanking you and I'm asking you for healing from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And Lord, you said in your word that what things soever I desire, when I pray, believe that I receive them and I will have them. Mm -hmm. I'm now praying and I believe I receive healing from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And Lord, I just want to thank you and give you praise that according to your word, not according to my body, not according to my senses, Maybe not even according to what the doctors have said or are saying. But I want to thank you that according to the word of God, by his stripes, I'm healed. Let's raise our hands right now and declare it. Thank you, Father, by his stripes, I'm healed. Now let me illustrate another prayer for you. Father, I just come before you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you said in your word that I could cast all my cares upon you. I thank you, Father, that you don't want me walking around through life full of cares, anxieties, and worries. And so, Lord, I cast the cares of my life into your capable hands. Amen. Amen. That's giving him thanks and praise because he cares for us. And, Father, I just want want to thank you that you care for me so much and that you care for my children. And then if you have a child that's kind of going the other way, not the way of the Lord, you just let your petitions be made known unto God. Simply. Father, my son, my daughter, they're rebelling. So I'm asking you, sir, to minister to them. I'm asking you, sir, to send a labor across their path. I'm asking you to do something in them and for them that I in the natural realm cannot do. And Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name, and now I just praise you for it. I give you praise. I give you glory. You see, incorporate thanksgiving with your prayers and then when things start moving in that in your direction when things turn around when you see the manifestation show up 
You better give him some praise. See, the Bible says that we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with what? Be thankful to him and bless his name. I love the message. It says this, enter the password. Enter the password. And how many of you know what the password is? The password is thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise, thank him, and worshiping him. And so praise then and singing praise is a powerful force in the life of the believer. And you know what it does? It stops the plots and the strategies of the enemy. It stops him dead in his tracks. Amen? Amen. Our praise should be equivalent to our praying. Now in closing, look with me quickly to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Now, let me summarize this for the sake of time, but here's what's happening. The children of Moab and the children of Ammon, they came against Jehoshaphat to battle. They were coming against the children of Israel. There was a lot of pressure on them. And so instead of them retreating and drawing back and going back into their tents and talking about how bad it was, they called a united prayer meeting. They got together with their own company and they began to pray and they started out by praying, reminding him of what he said in his word. How many of you know it's a good thing to remind him of what he said in his word? Not that he forgets, but it does you good. And so they're praising God and they're worshiping God. And right in the midst of this prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit showed up. The Holy Ghost came upon the scene. And I want you just to look at a couple of verses because here's what happened. In verse 14 it says, Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord right in the midst of the congregation. I'm telling you what, if you want the Holy Spirit to show up in the midst of your family, in the midst of your business, in the midst of your life, pray. And he said, hearken ye all Judah. By the way, the tribe of Judah was the tribe of? The tribe of Judah was the tribe of praise. And you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord unto you, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed by this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. You know, sometimes we think that we've got to do all this and we've got to do all that. But at the end of the day, the battle's his. And he said, you're not going to need to fight in this battle. He said, set yourselves, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And what did he do? He appointed singers to go out before him. He appointed praisers. He put Judah up front. Right up before the enemy. You know, praise stills the avenger. It quiets the devil. It calls him to fall back because the presence of God comes on the scene. And so they're out there and they're marching and they're saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord for you are so good and your mercy 
And wow. They're praising him for his goodness. They're obeying the instruction that the Holy Spirit gave them. Praise goes up first against the enemy. And here's what happened. The power of God came down so strong upon them and came so strong in the camp of the enemy that it literally confused them. And as a result of that confusion, the scripture says that the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to stray and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. They were so confused, they started killing one another. And they fled. And the praisers went into the enemy's camp. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. If you so pray next day, if you'll put praise up against the enemy, you'll be able to go into the enemy's camp and take back everything that has been stolen, and God will restore it to you. Amen. But if you'll sit back idly and complain, you will remain. But like Joyce Meyer says, if you praise, you will be raised. Amen. Now, notice with me, verse 24, let's look at these couple of verses, these last two, and we'll close. Second Chronicles 20, 24, and 25. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and how many escaped? And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away and they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Woo! Glory to God. Listen to me. Prayer plus praise will equal more than you can carry away. I'm exhorting you today. I know I've been strong because I am strong in the Lord. The power is might. I know the message was strong, but I'm not here to play games. We must pray for a change. So be looking next week for these little handouts and let's, let's get started. Some of you need to get started. Some of you need to get on the dance floor. And then some of you just need to hear this message because you need to stir yourselves up. Anybody ever been there before? You know what to do, but you haven't been doing it. What do you do then? You just stir yourself up. You say, Lord, make me hungry. Give me a hunger and a thirst for prayer. Let's stand to our feet. Amen.